Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Words of Life podcast with myself, Adam Kitt, and my partner, Kevin Bruni. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Adam. How are you doing? I am wonderful. I've had an, a very uh, very busy couple of weeks. Uh, things are, are picking up. We've had interesting uh, weather uh, all over the place. It seems a very, um, very, not extreme, but like we had snowmageddon followed by warm rain, you know, so... Got all this frozen water and then all the warm water. So we've had lots of lots of water. Yeah, we are we're getting hit with uh, rain here this week as well, which is um, not unusual in Arizona for winter, though most of our rain comes in the summer. Uh, but we right. are we are about an inch ahead of normal already for the year because we've had a lot of wet uh, weather here this week, uh, blowing over from the coast in California. If you you know, heard all about the, the atmospheric river uh, as they're talking yeah, about over Cal- California, there right that. Uh, now is, is as it peters out, dumps on us what's ever left over. Right. So. What is it? The the pineapple express or yeah, <laughs> whatever they're calling it. Right. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Well, uh, you know, the desert can always use more water, right? Certainly. Right. We'll take it. We can get it. The snow up in the mountains is helpful. Yep. Yeah. The snowpack uh, through the Sierras and everything is is essential for the farmers. Essential for everybody. So. I'm sure they're glad to have the rain as long as it's actually snowing in the in the high parts. It's yep. not just raining. So very good. Well, let you uh, let you take over as we recap last week, and then we'll kick it off for this week. Yeah. So I, I think last time we were talking about Colossians chapter three, right uh, at the beginning. There, uh, we've been talking about as you know, Paul was building his argument about these these foolish things that don't don't offer any benefit against the flesh, right? And, and he says here in chapter three, what does, right? You turn your mind on things above. You seek the things that are above. You keep your eyes up there because that's what's actually going to benefit you. That's actually what's going to change you. Um, you know, and, and he really then talks about this idea of um, we're all new people. We're all one in Christ, right? Christ is all in all. There is no division, right? Barbarian, Scythian, Jew, Gentile, any of those kinds of things. Um, but instead we're all one in one. And so we, we put on uh, a certain new set of wardrobe, right? I think we talked about this idea of these new clothes in, in 12, 13, right? Uh, 14, that we, we put on compassion and humility and meekness and those things uh, and love above all. Uh, and, and he ends up, right? As he wraps that idea up there, uh, he comes down to these things, these verses uh, down towards the end where it's, um, you know, your your thankfulness is going to be seen towards God through the peace in your hearts, through his word on your lips and through his name in your actions. Right. And so that really then that idea of 15, 16, 17 is what then pushes into what seemingly, you know, kind of looks like a, a change of pace once he gets into 18, you know, through the end here of, of what he's got to say, where he starts talking about very specific things. Right. But it's, it's really built on this idea that we're all Christ. Right. Christ is all in all. This is the way we behave ourselves. And, you know, 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. And now he's going to provide some examples. What, what do you mean? Everything I do? Well, let me show you. Right. And I'll talk about a bunch of different roles that we inhabit in our lives. Right. And so that's that's what he's going to be doing here as we move forward is, is really detailing uh, not in a long, long list, right? But he details right. out, this is what it looks like to do everything in the name of the Lord, right? Not just preach the gospel, right? And not, not just not just God things, right? But everything you do is an act right. of service towards the Lord. 
it. Here's what I need. And he'll, he'll lay those out here as he, he finishes the chapter in person. Chapter sure. Four. And just, just a really quick sidebar, uh, only because it's super top of mind for me. And I, and it was a, a really powerful lesson for me. Um, I preached this morning at a local congregation down, down south of here in Athens, Tennessee. And I preached a sermon uh, that was all about taking the Lord's name in vain. And um, this happened a couple of years ago. Uh, this, this, the, the reason for this sermon happened a couple of years ago. And the, um, I was driving with a, a non-Christian friend someplace. And, you know, he used the Lord's name in vain. And I, I took the opportunity to try to teach him that, you know, we really shouldn't do that. We should be more respectful of God. And then I made the statement that had been made to me throughout my life that uh, all of the Ten Commandments, except for keeping the sabbath day holy are repeated in the new testament and that makes sense to me because they're all you know basic you know uh guidelines of 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 living right uh but you can't actually find that one specifically stated uh in there but christ when he taught them how to how to pray he said pray this way our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name right. right the lord's prayer and there are other other references to the, the lord's name but i also through my studies realized that taking the lord's name as a concept is not just us being careful with the way we speak but also by taking on christ which we've talked about a lot here in colossians we have put on christ mm -hmm. And the clothes we wear are Christ's uniform. Paul then says, whatever we do in word, meaning being careful with our speech and deed, our actions, both of them, we're supposed to do everything, what? In the name of the Lord Jesus. So it, it was a, a big kind of a, an aha moment for me that, we are supposed to be donning the uniform of, of the Lord's army, right? When we're out in the world. And we're supposed to be donning the uniform of, of Christ when we're together. And ultimately, the real uniform we put on is a combination of all of those things, right? In, in full maturity. We're, we're supposed to be able to be... Uh, on guard against Satan and his wiles by putting on the whole armor of, of God, we read in Ephesians. We're supposed to be uh, shining examples of Christ and his patience and his love by putting on the, 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 the uniform that we list here in Colossians. And in full maturity, we're going to be as, you know, as looking as close like Christ as possible. Um. So yeah, it was it was it was interesting, but th this verse was was pivotal for for that that sermon that whatever we do in word or deed, meaning our actions need to also speak as 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 loud as our words. Um, and supposed to do that all, of course, in in the name of of the Lord Jesus. So and that's right. Yeah, and if we if we are going to go around saying I'm a, I'm a Christian, right? I'm a follower of the Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus. But we're we're gonna act in our actions are, are empty uh they're devoid of that right our words say one thing but our actions are empty that that's what this vanity means right taking it in vain taking it in emptiness then then <laughs> you know the things i do in my life when i'm saying I, i've taken on his name 
but it's empty, right? I'm not actually doing any of the things that he's told me to do there. Uh, and then when we do that, we're not we're not doing things in his name. We've taken his name, so we've now we've now taken it in vain, right? Um, and in order to avoid that, right, he's going to tell us some specifics here uh, in the rest of the rest of the text. So yeah, good. Well, thoughts. I mean, also you know the, the word vain or vanity by taking something in vain is is to also use it in an unworthy yeah. or blasphemous way. So if we don the mantle of Christ and then go out into the world and act foolishly, right? We are ta- we are putting the Lord's name down yeah bringing it down we are causing you know the reputation of christ and christians and his church and his holiness to be tarnished by our foolishness yep so we need to be very careful to 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 walk in in a manner that is pleasing to him so all right well let's let's get into the next section here and keep in mind um that just like Kevin said, the context of this next section is this verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And how do we do that? Okay, so let's read. Um, I'll just go ahead and read this whole section. It's an, it's an unfortunate chapter break again. Uh, so 18 through chapter 4, verse 1 is, is definitely one context. And then a continued context, it, it's a slightly different um, direction change, but still in the same thing here uh, through verse 6 of chapter 4. All right, he says there, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ." For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. And we'll stop there. What do you think? Yeah, so like we just mentioned, right, this idea of what it looks like to to do everything in Christ's name, right? And he certainly, Paul can't list every interaction we're going to have on the face of the planet as I go along. And so what he does is he sort of chunks out some main roles you, you find yourself in and then tells you what the, 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 the guiding principle, we might say, for that role would be of what it looks like to, to do things in the name of Jesus, right? And so he'll talk about up front, you know, wives, husbands, children, fathers. And so we might say, you know, in a family context, so, you know, we might ask the question, how do, how do I give thanks to God in my family life? Right. And, and, you know, the first answer someone might give there is, well, I just, in my prayers, I say, thank you, God, for my family. Right. That's great. That's fine. Right. But the way we give thanks to God is, is we show that in those relationships. Right. And so he talks about those, those things there, um, in family, you know, then he moves to masters and servants. And so what does it look like when I'm in that role where, you know, what we can get in more specifically, 
I don't have slaves and, and masters, but in, in my labors, in my work, what does that look like, right, as I behave in those areas of my life? And so he's kind of really just laying out these these principles, these guidelines of what it looks like in those roles. And so, you know, the first one he starts out with there is, is wives and then husbands, right, which, you know, you and I both find ourselves in, in half of that role, certainly. Uh, and some of our listeners probably find ourselves in the other half. <laughs> um, and some, you maybe you don't yet, right? Um, but he, he, how does that look, right? What does it look like? And each of these is interesting because he'll tell them what it looks like, right? What the thing is, what the principle or the, or the command is, if you will. And then he kind of gives a, uh, each statement has this this follow on, right? Sort of maybe the the why statement behind it there. And so I think if you, if you take that pattern and you look, you can kind of see that play out in all of these here. Um, you know, it's the first one, right? He, he lays out wives submit to your husbands. So that's that's the thing, right? That's the do, and then we have the the statement after it, as is fitting in the Lord, or um, some of the translations render that a little bit better, maybe is uh, as measures up to the standard of the Lord. What does it mean as is fitting, right? Well, it means it measures up to that standard that's been laid out by the Lord, uh, and so. You know, when you look at that, that's kind of interesting. I mean, we a lot of times today that may not be a very popular sentiment outside of religious circles, right? That wives should submit to the husband. But what he's laying out there after that is is that's what Jesus did, right? And you kind of go, well, wait a minute, when did Jesus wasn't a wife, right? Um, but that that's what well, how did the Lord exemplify submission, you know, when he was here on the earth? Right. Well, first of all, he came, right? <laughs> uh, he he didn't hold on to equality with God, even that's who he was, but he emptied himself. He placed himself in a position of coming and serving mankind, right? Uh, and then he served as a servant, not as a king. And then even to death, and even to death on the cross, right? And then as he goes about doing stuff, right, he washes the disciples' feet and he tells them why, because as I did, you will do likewise. So his his pattern, his, his standard that he set, even though he was more powerful than any of us, was a standard of of submission or, or that, that word there is you know, it's arranging yourself under, right? That's, that's what the word actually means to arrange yourself underneath. Um, and so that's what he did. He, he willingly arranged himself under the father and even under mankind by coming and serving in the way that he did. And it says, wives, you're going to do the same thing, right? You're going to arrange yourselves under your husband's because, right? That's how you demonstrate thankfulness to God. That's how you demonstrate Christ in your in your wife relationship, because that's what Christ did when he was here, not as a wife, but he submitted. That's what he did. That was his pattern. That's how he sort of laid it out. Right. And you can see that example, especially in the garden before, you know, he was he was captured and taken away and crucified. He prayed, earnestly prayed. Yeah. Take, take this away. Is there any other way? <laughs> Come on. There's got to be another way. Yeah. But. Not my will, yep. but yours be done, he said. And that is such a powerful thing. In studying creation and men and women, we, we both have grown up in, a, in an era and a society that has uh, had loud voices spouting, not spouting, that's probably a bad word, but bringing to light this this idea of feminism right and and the role of women in society and things like that and is without a doubt our society is far different from the society that was 
presence yeah, during the writing of the Bible. For sure. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. And I will be the first in line to fight for inequality if it exists. But because of, of how prevalent those, those conversations have been in my life, I, I, I'll be honest, it's, it's difficult for me as a man to really be authoritative when instructing women on how they should be, right? It's a challenge. But when you come down to it, we have, we have, we, you and I were discussing uh, Ephesians a little bit, you know, in, in correlation to this. And in Ephesians, the context where he uses these same kind of instructions is all about submitting to one another. Yeah. He tells us first, as Christians, yeah. we are to submit to one another. Everyone submits to one another. Now, Everybody like, right, yeah. <laughs> submits to one another. Right. Right. And then here's some more specifics. Right. Right. Wives and husbands and children and fathers and and the whole this very similar list. But when I when you think about uh, at us being put in a position of of authority or the head of our house and things like that, and teaching these concepts to adult women, it it can it there's there's a mental weirdness there for me. But I had a, a realization a while ago that really helped me to understand understand women a lot better, and not in the in the in the way we normally think about it. But I realized that when God created Adam in the beginning, He created a man with a very specific set of of skills and mentality and things of, of all of the things that make up man. And he was incomplete. Yeah. So then he created woman who was called the help meet made to perfectly complement the man. And it's almost as if God took all of his nature and divided it in half and created two separate types of humans. And only together could they really find all of the aspects of God. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting thought, right? Or, or an idea there, because he does say that, right? That uh, he saw there was not good that man is alone. So I'm going to make a helper that's suitable for him, right? It, that's sort of the, the purpose that he does. Um, you know, and we'll see that idea. I, we were looking today. Uh, in Second Corinthians, we've gone through that letter uh, recently, and we're at the part where uh, Paul is talking about this idea of you know having this this treasure, this treasure, this glorious ministry that he was given in, in earthen vessels or jars of clay, right? Uh, and that that idea there of earthen vessels uh, is interesting because that the the one it throws you back to the garden, just like you said, right? That we're we're all just made out of the dirt anyway. We're we're we're, we're clay jars, right? Um, and, and the other that the, of the vessel there is interesting because it's that same thing. It's this it's a suitable, um, useful uh, instrument, right? Well, we'll see the, another place to talk about the wifing called the, the giving honor as the weaker vessel, right? Uh, meaning that, it's, that she's not just this thing. She's she's useful and she's suitable and she's practical for what God has designed there. And the, the way that works right? It, when you put two humans together, the way that's going to work is is one has got to submit and, and say, okay, I'm going to let you take the lead here, right? 
and, and God has set it up this way that that's how it's going to be. And so I'm going to follow the example of Christ. I'm going to place myself and I'm going to organize myself uh, under underneath uh, so that we can accomplish the, the mission, the work that God wants accomplished here. Uh, and in this case, right, it's this raising of a family and how that's going to work out and how that's going to function and move forward uh, and how it's going to bring glory to God while doing it. Um, and so, you know, you, you see this idea a lot of times, um, you know, the, uh, what does it mean to submit and what does that look like, right? And uh, my my wife who listens to this, I believe most uh, times, um, so she'll hear this, you can all uh, check in with her if you'd like. Um, hi, honey. But, uh, she, you know, no one would accuse her, if you've ever met her, of being, you know, timid or um, weak or, you know, soft or, or any of those kinds of things, right? That she's this, some, um, you know, girl you can push around, right? But, you know, and she's she's amazing in the things that she does for our family and then helps to work that along and helps me to do the work I do as well. But our, our relationship only functions because she chooses, right? To put herself, I mean, she could make life miserable if she wanted to, right? But she chooses to say, I'm gonna submit. And, and that's how we're gonna, move this thing along and that's how we've raised two kids and that's how we you know get the work done that god has given us to do um and and it's not because i'm so great it's because she understands that's that's what that's what christ did right that's what that's the standard that jesus has set that we come to serve right that that's right. who we are and that's how we're going to behave ourselves and so she's called to do that and so that's what she does uh to make that work yep well and, and corresponding to that it says husbands love your wives yeah and do not be harsh with them and it's unfortunate that the english language only has one word for love yeah because in the greek there are multiple words for love and the word that's used here is the word agape which is the ultimate sacrificial type of love it's the same love that god had for christ and christ had for us uh, by going to the cross and doing what was best for the object of his love, regardless of the, of the cost to himself. It's the, the same kind of love that, that parents are supposed to have for their children. They, they'd be willing to die for their children, to protect them, to save them. It's a sacrificial kind of love that requires a lot of, of giving up of time and energy and sweat and tears and things like that. And that's the kind of love that we're commanded as husbands to have for our wives. It's not a, a type of love that's based in feeling. It's based in choice. Just like Kevin was just talking about. Melissa and wives have to choose to submit because that's the way God intended it. Men have to choose to put their wives first before their own needs and desires so that they can be lifted up and prepared and, and ready for everything they need to do. Yeah. And that's interesting too, right? Because when you talk about it in that way, it's, it's sort of a similar thing. So it's not stated in this way. Uh, we'll get into what he says there in a second, but husbands love your wives, but that type of love, like you're saying is because what? Cause that's what Jesus did, right? He, that's how God so loved the world that he did what he gave his gave. Only son. Right. Yep. And so we see the same thing here. It's fitting in the Lord. It's, it's the pattern that God has established, which again, shouldn't be surprising because we just saw earlier on that there isn't bond or free or Gentile or Jew or Scythian or barbarian or any of those kinds of things. But, uh, 
all are one and all is Christ, right? So if we're all trying to be Jesus, we shouldn't be surprised that all of these things he's going to say are going to be these sort of patterns of Jesus, right? Um, and I, I like what it says there, This this if we're taking that approach of this is the thing and this is the why, right? Uh, and do not be harsh with them. Um, I think some of the other translations say, um, one of them at least does, uh, it sort of says, lest you become embittered towards them, right? And so it's less of a, um, husbands love your wives and don't be this way. It's it's more of a husbands love your wives because if you don't, if you don't choose to engage in this type of behavior, the alternative will be, right, that you will become embittered toward them, right? You do this so that you don't become embittered, lest you become, um, lest you become harsh with them. Uh, and so there's this idea there that you know it's going to be one or the other. Uh, and that that seems generally pretty true, right? You put people together in a situation where you're going to be around them large portions of your life, right? Uh, I'm I'm at the point now in my life where I have been married longer than I was single, right? Um, I've I've been in a relationship with this woman for the majority of my life, right? And so if you're not going to make those choices do that, eventually what happens? All the little things that bother you and all the little, I mean, there's people you deal with at your work and whatever. And you're like, man, I hate that person. I'm annoyed with them. I'm whatever, right? Over years and years and years of all their little things, um, right? And that's going to, and then we see that happen in relationships all the time, right? Um, and that's sort of the natural outcome. If you do not choose to say, I will choose the way of Christ, I will choose to love, um, then eventually all those little things are going to add up. They're going to make you embittered, they're going to be harsh. You're going to get the things that men do stupidly, right? And say, I'm tired of this one. I'm going to go find someone else who makes me feel good. Um, and, and you become embittered, right? Uh, and it's because you've not chosen this path of Christ, right? You've not chosen this right. path of love, like you said here. Yep. All right. He moves on from there. <clears throat> to children uh is this age specific yeah that's an interesting question right i mean uh because certainly we are all children of someone right um we're all children of someone uh i i you know it's 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 hard to tell sometimes because you know you look you try to go oh, what's the word say in the original maybe right what does it mean children uh, but it's it's so generic right uh, a child, a descendant, an inhabitant, you know, from a child, right? Which certainly carries an idea <laughs> of youthfulness. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, you know, my guess is Paul has that idea somewhat in mind, right? Um, but again, as you sort of think back to that, um, as you sort of think back to that idea of uh, the, the time and place that Paul is writing, and certainly, you know, you think back maybe further even to the Old Testament, right? I mean, how old is, you know, Isaac? when he's still living with mom and dad and they're picking his wife for him. Right. Um, he's not a little kid. Right. And, and that system of, you know, being oh, the father's the father until he dies. Right. And then you, uh, kind of become we, the next. You've also right? got, you've also got uh, lots of stories about, uh, men of God's sons turning sour or doing yeah, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were held like what was who, uh, Eli was it Eli's. Nathan, uh, yeah, yeah. When you're, you're anyway, talking about uh, Samuel and then his Samuel children, and his yeah, two sons, and yep, um, you know Eli and his. Yeah, he was still accountable for them. Yeah, right. So yeah, there right. is there is a concept of of that, but I, I I tend to think of this as as the as the standard family structure: husbands, yeah. wives, mm -hmm. children, children. Those parents. those are that that they are raising. 
So while you are still under the umbrella and roof of your father and your mother, you need to obey them, right? And four, because yeah, this is what this make God this makes God happy. It's pleasing to God, right? Yeah, you know, which is that same pattern we saw before, right? Um, uh, when, when you see Jesus, right? He's the son. And what does God say about him? Right? This is my son and whom I am. What? Well, pleased. Uh, I'm pleased with him. And you go, well, why was he pleased with him? Well, every time you look at Jesus and you say, Jesus, what's your job? He says, my job is to do the will of the father, right? That That's over and over and over again. Right. Uh, even at a very young age, when he's in the temple at the age of 12, right? Hey, didn't you know I had to be at my father's business, right? Um, I'm just here to do the will of God. I'm here to do the will of the Father. And so God says of him, I'm well pleased, right? It's this idea that we see here when the, the children obeying the parents is pleasing to God, right? Mm -hmm. Just like Jesus did uh, is sort of the, the picture we see laid out here. Um, and, and again, it's that same thing that keeps the family functioning, right? It, it keeps right. the unit moving along uh, well. And it's, it's a way, you know, children might say, well, how can I do things in the name of the Lord? Obey your parents. That's how, yeah. right? <laughs> there you go. Uh, when you do that, you're, you're doing it uh, as a service to God. Um, yep. And then he rolls right into fathers, right? Uh, fathers, do not provoke your children, right? Uh, don't don't behave in a certain way. And, and this is really interesting, lest they become discouraged, right? Um, so that you don't discourage them. Uh, and certainly, um, I, I think, I don't remember who told me this one time, um, but way back at some point in my life, someone made the, the clear analogy to me that was, was quite eye-opening, like you said, um, you know, that God is described over and over and over again in the scripture as, as the father, as our heavenly father, right, as the eternal father. And so, you know, fathers, you're going to be a metaphor for God for your children, right? At some point, someone's going to come along. Let's let's imagine somebody who's never heard the gospel, I've never read the Bible, right? And their father was an abusive alcoholic jerk who ran off and beat them and was a, you know, all the worst things you can imagine, right? And then abandoned them. And at some point, someone comes along and says, hey, have you heard about God? He's your father in heaven, right? And they're going to be like, well, why do I want to do anything with fathers, right? I hate father fathers, or right? Um, and, and so we have this very important role, right, uh, that you're going to be this pattern that God is going to use as an image uh, for himself, uh, and so if the way you behave sets the mindset of your children for what fathers are like. Uh, and so then when God says, I'm the father, right, you, they've, that's a loaded term now for them based on what you've done in your life. And so certainly we can discourage them in our own actions by provoking them and just telling them, you know, in, in whatever that may look like. Right. But I could imagine saying you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good. And pretty soon your child is just actually beat down and, and discouraged. But sort of the bigger picture becomes. If, if you're a terrible father and you provoke them and provoke them, you're going to discourage your children from having a relationship with their father in heaven, right? That's that's the real discouragement that comes down the road there in the way you behave yourself. Um, and, and so that sort of adds even additional weight to, oh man, how I how I treat my children is important, right? It's, it's important because I'm setting them up for what it's like to have a loving father uh, that, that's even better than I am, right? Yeah. And I think it's important to point out that he doesn't say mothers do not provoke your children. When, when I talked about the fact that men, you know, are, were designed a certain way and women a certain, a certain way, men are the ones who have the tendencies to 
possibly overbalance the wrath of God yeah. nature, right? Sure. Within us, we we tend to be more aggressive and probably more the way we exhibit our anger is going to be a, a lot in it differently than 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 the way a woman is going to she may be displeased with you but she's going to be more hurt and sorrowful than a man would be he's probably going to exhibit his hurt and and sorrow in in a, in a more aggressive manner uh you know it's just the nature of men we we tend to be much more aggressive and as like you said the metaphor of of god we are supposed to be careful to not provoke them uh, but to encourage them would be the yeah. opposite of that right yeah yeah uh bond servants we don't tend to have typical bond servants today do you think there's a really good correlation between employee and employer here so you know, uh, like in a lot of places, right? I, I'm reminded at different times that I'm I'm reading something that's written for me, but not to me directly necessarily. Um, and so you know, I go, hey, I don't I don't have slaves, right? Nor am I a slave. And so does this just not apply to me at all, right? Um, or do I say, hey, in in what way can I understand what's going on here and make application to to self, right? Uh, and so certainly, right, that that idea there, that word there, is 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 a slave, right? Uh, one who is enslaved. Um, and so I'm, I'm not a slave, right? I'm not even a bond servant. I'm not even right. Any of those things. Um, in fact, we will often say in Arizona is a, what they call a right to work state, whatever that means. Um, but effectively it means you can get fired for probably much any reason. And I can, but we say it better, right? No, I, I have a right to work and I can have a right to work wherever I want and leave whenever I want, right? Kind of a deal. And I could, I, and not because I'm in Arizona, because I live in America. I could go in tomorrow and shoot off an email and say, I quit, right? I'm done with this job. Maybe I have another one, maybe I don't, right? Um, but the people he's talking to didn't have that option, right? But now look at what he says to them, because certainly if it was good enough for them, right? then I ought to be really easy to apply this because <laughs> right? I have choice in the matter. Uh, and so, you know, it's almost like, look, if he told them to do this, how much more, right? This idea, you know, to, to the one who's been given little, little is required, right? <laughs> the one who much, much is required. I've been given much more than the slave or the bond servant has. And so I have to think about how, how does this apply? What, in what way can I, again, in what way can I demonstrate Jesus? In what way can I show the name of Christ? in the closest proxy that I've got to this, right? The closest proxy I've got is, you know, is my job uh, in the things that I do, right? And so, you know, he tells them here, slaves, you should you should obey, right? You should you should obey your masters and everything, uh, those who are your earthly masters. Um, but what's interesting about that is, is the idea that you do it sincerely, right? So it's not just do it because you have to, you do it out of sincerity, you do it not just when they're watching you do it not just to to be oh you're such a good servant you're such a good slave right you do it because you fear the lord yeah. right uh because in that sense as i think about that we are we are all called slaves of, of christ right right um there's this very interesting idea that gets in in the new testament there about what does it mean to be a christian right and sometimes we're talking about free and other times we're talking about children and otherwise we're talking about slaves right 
uh, again, in second Corinthians, uh, Paul will talk about that. He was, you know, he was led as a captive. He was led as a slave in Christ's triumphal procession. Right. So the idea there is, you know, Christ goes off and he conquers the enemy as a king and he comes back with his victory parade and in his victory parade. He's got all these people that he's he's captured with him. And we're amongst that number. Right. We're amongst the captured of Christ. Right. right. Uh, we are his slaves or servants there. And so uh, if I if I think of myself in that sense towards Jesus, right, that I'm, I'm doing it because I, I fear the true master, the true my true Lord. Right. Then certainly the way I behave myself in my work is going to reflect Christ where it's not. Right. Uh, yep. And so I've, I've heard people say things, uh, people that are, that are Christians, right. That, well, you know, that's just business, right? Like the, the rules don't necessarily apply. This is business here. Right. So I can lie to my competitor because it's business. Um, and I'm going, that, that's such an American thing to say. Um, right. right? That it, capitalism trumps all right. In this case, you don't have to worry about Christianity there. Um, <laughs> But that's ridiculous, right? That's yeah. a ridiculous concept because then what you're showing is I, I take, I put Christ on and I take him off. And then that's not what we're called to do, right? And no. so well, the closest process about, would be that. I, I totally agree. But you know, also think about some of the, the, the harder statements that Jesus made in Sermon on the Mount, for instance, when he talked about our enemies. What did he say? Yeah. Yeah. Love your Love enemies. Them. Right. Right. He also said that if, if somebody's, abusing you and wants to take your cloak right give it to him and then also give him your tunic that's right if a guy is making you go a mile with him go two, yeah. go two miles which is funny right because we sort of get that phrase now go the extra mile right uh, talk about <laughs> customer service and that's really has nothing to do with what it's about uh, right <laughs> <laughs> it's about when you're being abused you, you freely go the second mile right uh, when he says you're released you go anyway, yep. the, the next well, mile and then, then it says, you know, let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Mm -hmm. Do you're not, yeah. you're not supposed to be taking oaths, right? Right. So if you have agreed to take on a job, you have every right to not agree to. But you've said, yes, I'm going to do that job. Thank you for hiring me. I am now agreeing. My yes should be yes. Right. Which means that I have now basically indentured myself. I've agreed to this contract of employment and yes, you have choices. If the situation is bad, obviously try to get another job and then, you know, do it. But while you were there, right. I, I key into here in verse 23, whatever you do, yeah. Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So you just pretend like you're working for Jesus, working for God, yeah. knowing that from the Lord, You'll receive the inheritance as your reward. So whatever you're going to get on this earth doesn't really matter because you're supposed to be keeping your mind on heaven. Um, and when you're working, work heartily as for the Lord and keep that inheritance in mind because he's going to give you the inheritance. Whatever this happens on this earth is, is second, you know, secondary. Yeah, and that's a that's a really good phrase in there, right? That we, we have this idea of work heartily, uh, as we see it there. Uh, it's it's really interesting because, uh, again, I'm not pretending to be a Greek scholar or anything like that. I don't want to sort of misconstrue or think I'm misconstruing myself, but I can use a, a interlinear Bible with the best of them, right? Um, it's a fantastic age of technology, but that idea there, you know, that word, it's whatever you do, do it from the soul. Right. It's really what it, it's saying yeah. there. It's not just the, it's not just your heart. It's like do it from your soul work. 
right? Um, and so when you, when you think about it that way, then it makes a really nice thing. You will receive the inheritance from the reward, right? Because it's soul work you're doing here, right? Um, you're, you're putting your heart and soul into it. We say that, so put your heart and soul into it, right? Uh, and that's really the, the what he's saying. You put your soul into it. And when you do that, you will receive the inheritance back as a reward, right? Yep. Uh, because you've, you've given your soul over to it. And so he will give it back to you in, in kind. He'll, he'll return. You're serving the Lord Jesus Christ when you do that. Um, and, you know, sort of tied up in there with that, right, is, is kind of what comes next, right? Sort of we could talk about people pleasers and these other kinds of things. But you get into verse four this or chapter four, then masters, you're going to treat them justly and fairly, Right. That's how you're going to behave yourself, which, again, um, you know, has, has become maybe, let's say, somewhat more popular, at least as a, as a lip service sort of thing in our in our work culture today that, you know, hey, if you treat your employees well. Right. I mean, at least we get the lip service to it. Some places do it. Some don't. Some are better than others. And I think sometimes it's just a good way to sell books on servant leadership. But, um, you know, you treat your bond services like justly and fairly. But really, that idea is, is quite counterculture. Right. Um, you had no obligation to do that, right? Uh, under the time of, of that Paul is writing anyway, right? You have no obligation to do that. You treat them however you want. Um, but he says, you're not going to do that. And the reason why is because, you know, like we sometimes say, everyone's got a boss, right? You've got a master in heaven, right, as well. Um, and going back up to the verse before, the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. And there's no partiality. Right. The, the way that you're going to, you know, <laughs> I'm making this up. Jesus said this, right? Like the way you treat others, the, the measure with which you weather to measure others, he will measure back to you. Right. And so if you find yourself in that position, you've got to be very careful about how you behave yourself. Right. You, you treat them justly. You treat them fairly. And you do that because you recognize that the true master in heaven will, will do the same to you. Um, and I'm so often reminded of the, the parable, right, of the man who's forgiven much by the master. And he goes out and he grabs his own fellow servant, and treats him harshly over a few bucks. Right. Um, and what happens? Right. Like it's, it's a perfect example of this. Right. Wait, what? I just forgave you all of this. What are you doing to your fellow servant? Right. Yeah. And I can just imagine God looking down on you know people in, in Paul's time, certainly um, looking down on those who are Christians, who are masters who had slaves or servants and said, what are you doing, right? In the way that you're behaving, if they were not behaving in this way, don't yep. you know what I've done for you and what I've forgiven you and how I've treated you, right. right? Like, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? You think you're some big shot, right? Cause you've got, you're the master in this, this human relationship. Well, and I also think that uh, as we wrap up um, that this is a little bit of a forecasting uh, as Paul is probably mentally writing another letter. Yeah. We find. Yep. Uh, the book of or the letter of Philemon, he, he actually mentions Onesimus. Yeah, in this letter. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know may, maybe we'll maybe we'll get into Philemon, uh, you know, next or or soon. So we. Yeah, can, it's a fun we, little letter. We could do that after this. We one. could yeah. we could probably do it in yeah. one episode, maybe, yeah. maybe. But um, you know, let's just make the decision. We'll do Philemon next. All right, we're going to do it. We'll tackle. We'll it. do he Philemon next. They're, they came uh, together. They were sent together. They they were they were sent together for sure, and that that'll that'll bring at least yeah. uh, the tail end of this book and and the instructions here and come full circle there. Yeah, yeah. But in recap or in in summary, just for today, there's not a single thing that I can think of on this list that not every single person on the planet is going to find themselves in in one of these roles. 
That's right. I mean, you might say I'm a child at some point, right? Uh, or you're saying I can't, there's no way I'm not going to exist in one of these, right? I'm at least right. a child. I'm at least a slave or a master. I'm at least a, a parent or a husband or a wife. Even if I'm not yeah. all of those things, I'm going to be one of them somewhere, right? Right. Uh, there's, there's no way for us to be all of them. Right. Um, obviously. But whether you're an employee or an employer, whether you oversee people uh, or are overseen, whether you're a, a child growing up in your parents' home still, whether you're a husband or a wife, there's clear wisdom and instruction for us all. Yeah. And we and, have and to do everything in the name of, of the Lord Jesus. That's that's right. Well, however I find myself, I certainly have some role in my life where I can demonstrate my thankfulness to God in the way that I demonstrate the name of his son. Right. And And that's... That's really what this is all about, right? How are you going to show thankfulness to God? I'm, I'm a wife. How do I show my thankfulness to God that I have that? I'm a husband. How do I show God I'm thankful for the, the wife that he's given me? I'm a child. I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a slave. I'm a, how do I show thankfulness to God uh, in the position where I am and, and for the blessing that he's given me of whatever that thing may be? Um, and we do that by, by following these things he said here. And again, these are, these are very broad statements, right? I mean, what does that look like daily in your life to submit to your husband? I don't know, right? Like it, it, every circumstance that comes along, you've got to figure that out and, and understand what that looks like. Yeah. But certainly if I keep that that guiding principle in my mind, I'm going to choose love as a husband. I'm going to choose submission. I'm going to choose obedience. I'm going to choose just and fair treatment. I'm going to choose, right, uh, to, to encourage and not provoke my children. If I'm going to choose that, then that's going to help me decide how I handle the specific situation. Yep. presents itself 100 all right well i really thought we'd finish the whole book <laughs> today i was wrong that's all right but it was a worthwhile study hope you all are enjoying it and if you have any questions or comments please leave those below uh, again we're on facebook youtube all of the podcasty things out there uh so wherever you're finding us we thank you so much for tuning in and uh we are sincere about answering your questions uh if you have any comments, please leave those wherever you find us. And uh, may God bless you this week. And we will see you next time.